0: What a privilege to be with you guys this morning. Um, Yeah, and just wonderful just to meet with our Lord Jesus in His presence. And I just want to encourage you, as we were worshiping, I I felt such a a strong sense of God just taking pleasure in the praises of His sons and daughters this morning. It's like He was just, you know, and and just at some stage we went on and went on, you know, in worship, but it's just like, you know, it's like your, your daughter coming and saying, dad, I want to show you this dance, but wait, I want to show you this trick, you know, and it's, and you just like, your heart is full, and you take pleasure in in what they're showing you, and I just had the sense of God just taking pleasure in the praises of his sons and daughters this morning, you know, so, yeah, I just want to encourage you guys with that, and yeah, my name is Barry, so part of the um, Pinehurst uh, AM congregation, and really nice to be here with you guys this morning, really a privilege, Um, and I thought, you know, I didn't actually want to say something about the box this morning. Because <laughs> I really don't want to make that the focus. But I, I must say, I was quite relieved when they won. Because I was like, I'm going to have to work hard if they didn't. You know, just to get you guys <laughs> to smile a bit, you know. So, so I don't have to work as hard. I'm grateful for that this morning. Um, yeah, so I wonder, I wonder if, if you've heard about a man called William Tell. Has anybody heard about this story about William Tell? Quite a, quite a few. Um, so William Tell, and I'll, I'll keep this, this part very short, but it's around about the 1300s in Switzerland. Switzerland. William Tell um, walked into, into this town. Now the governor of this, of this town was quite a tyrant, and what he did is he said he wants all people to bow down to him and to such a measure that he actually took his hat and put it on a stick. And put and on a pole there and said, everybody who sees this hat needs to bow down to, to the hat. So William Tallamy's son actually walked into the town and saw this. And they said, yeah, there's no way they're doing this. And they were arrested. And so the governor said, well, you've got one or two choices. Either we throw you and your son into jail or you shoot an apple off his head or, you know, with your, with your crossbow because he was quite a, a seasoned marksman. So you shoot the apple off his head with your crossbow. So you've got one of those choices, and the story goes that that William Tell actually then shot the apple and split it in half, and then he had another arrow hidden away and said, "Well, you know." And the governor said, "Why did you have that arrow?" He said, "Well, if if I missed, this arrow was for you." <laughs> you know, basically. So anyway, so the point of the story is as. Caley had to aim, and as William Tell had to aim. And, you know, when William Tell actually aimed, it was quite serious because if he missed, it could have cost his, his son's life. And so there's a scripture, and I wonder if we can just look at that first scripture. So it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. So it says So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. And, you know, so if we look at just this part in in, in verse 9, it says, we make it our aim to please him. And you see this, you know, sometimes people actually use um, this phrase. So the title of my message for this morning is aim to please and so people use this, this, you know, phrase quite, like, lightly, you know. It's like when you've had a good meal, somebody's cooked you a good meal, and you say, wow, that was really nice. Well, I aim to please, you know. Uh, or you get people that, that provide a certain service, and their logo would say, you know, uh, we aim to please, you know. So, but in all of those cases, although there's maybe good intention, you know, it's, like, very light in the way that that's actually said. And when we're talking about aiming to please in this context, it's something that's, you know, quite serious. It's very focused in a sense. You know, it's not just like okay, I'm using this phrase lightly. Oh, Lord, yeah, well, our good boy. Well, I aim to please. You know, it's, it's not that. It's like I'm, I'm making it my goal. I'm making it my aim. And I, I love just as, as, as we were, you know, during prayer meeting and uh, as we were worshiping as God is confirming certain things. You know, you can see the Spirit is actually wanting to to speak to us this morning. And um, yeah, so we thank the Lord for that. And Justin, you you spoke about that word that you said, this sober, sober. So that was quite a nice explanation. I never thought about the word sober like that. It's actually having a specific eternal goal in mind, you know. So being sober-minded, having a specific goal in mind. And so wonderful how, how the Lord is... Is actually um, confirming what he's wanting to say to us, and I wonder this morning, you know, who's recently maybe been married? Um, yeah, yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anybody else? Yes. Okay. Getting married or recently married? Almost six months. Almost six months. Yeah. Any matric? I know I've got one matric. Yeah. My daughter. I want to welcome her. I'm um, sorry I didn't even tell her, talk about my family, and I'll, I'll get to that in a, in a bit. And just give you a little bit of our our family. But any other matrics here this morning that uh, had a matric for you well this this year? Nobody else? Okay, there's a... Getting married? Okay. So so the point is, just if you think about the prep, you know, it's still fresh in your guys' minds. You think about all the preparation that went into that wedding day. You know, all the money, all the effort, all the time, the dress, the outfits, the food, everything, you know, all the planning that actually went into that. It was like, yo, this day uh, is a special day and we're going to put so much effort and stuff into, into that specific day. It was really, really focused to the very finest detail. And so that's what I'm thinking, what I'm, what, I'm, uh, what I'm talking about is when we say we aim to please, we aim to please Jesus, the one who gave himself for us. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. The one to whom we belong. The one to whom we must give an account for of our lives. And that's the one we aim to please. And it's not just this thing of, okay, yeah, Lord, I aim to please. But like I said, it's a really a focused thing to say, this is my eternal goal. This is the goal. This is my aim. Is to please Him. Is to please Him. And it's out of this heart of saying, Yo, Lord, I love you. I really want to please you. Sometimes I don't get get it right. Sometimes I don't hit that target right on the money, right on the bullseye. But this is my aim, Lord. I'm going to take out another arrow, and I'm going to aim again. Because my desire is, I want to please you. This is my desire, God. I want to please you. It talks about, um, you know, our priorities, the decisions we make, what we do and don't do in our lives. So it has a bearing and it has it influences and factors through every single area of our lives. And we need to give an account to Him one day. You know? So we belong to Him. The Bible says we don't belong to ourselves, we belong to Him. And we'll give an account of our lives uh, to Him. And thank the Lord, He's given us His Word. He's given us His Holy Spirit, but He's given us His Word. Now you may have heard this, that Bible is the basic instructions before leaving earth. <laughs> So we've got, a, we've got a, you know, um, a manual, if you could call it lightly, you know, that, that God has told us. This is what is pleasing unto Him. This is the way He wants us to live. And so I just want to look at a couple of things in Scripture that can help us this morning to aim correctly. To say, okay, what are, what are things that are pleasing unto the Lord? What can we aim at? And for that, I want to use the word focus. And I'm going to use every letter of that word to just go into a few details there. So focus. The one first one is F, faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6. You can just put it up there for me. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he is and that he rewards those who seek him. And we've seen this scripture, firstly, it starts with faith. It starts with our faith. Without our faith, it is impossible to please Him. We can't please God without faith. And so firstly, three things I just want to highlight here in terms of our faith. Firstly, we believe in God. We believe who He is. That He's the Creator, the One who made everything. The One who to everything belongs. He owns everything. We believe in God. We believe in Jesus Christ, His Son, in His his death and resurrection. That He came to seek and save the lost. That God came in human form to the earth, Jesus Christ, and He paid the price for us. We believe this with all of our heart. We've put our trust, we've put our faith in His death and resurrection to save. We sang this morning, our God is a God who saves. We believe that If we seek Him, we will be rewarded. And God wants us to seek Him. He wants to be close to each one of us. He says, if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. He wants us to find Him. We believe this. And it's not just for the here and the now, but it's also for the eternity. So it's saying, yes, I want to seek God in my life here and now. But it's about having an eternal relationship with God. While we're on this earth, just the next scripture there quickly, Hebrews 10.38, it says, My righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. And so while we're on this earth, we walk by faith. This, this, this journey, guys, is going to be a journey of faith always. Our walk with God is always going to be a journey of faith. In every single situation in our lives, it's going to be a journey of faith. And so, I'm sure as we go around the, uh, around the room, many of us may have, have faced, you know, a number of challenges, a number of difficulties in this life. And Jesus said that in this life, you will have trouble. But he also said, be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world. And so, I just want to share a little bit about um, our story and so that's uh, the reason why my wife isn't, so I'm married to Linky, we've got three beautiful girls, Leanna, our eldest, and uh, Kaylee, that saw, our youngest, and Megan is, is with Linky this morning. So some of you do, do, know, do know Linky. So two years back, uh, she was diagnosed with um, ovarian cancer, stage four. And so at that stage, it was, it was really um, quite a shock to us, as you might believe. Um, and she had to go for an operation, they had to remove, do a full hysterectomy, um, there were two big growths, cancer growths that they had to remove from her body. I think it was about between two and three liters of fluid, because cancer cells, um, when, you know, produce fluid in, in your body, there's a specific, and so there was so much fluid in her body that her tummy actually stood like this, um, and, you know, it, it looked almost as if she, she was pregnant, you know, because of all the fluid. So they, they uh, drained two, between two and three liters of fluid. After the operation, thank the Lord it was successful, and then she um, got onto a trial for treatment. So for two years, basically, she did chemo and then went onto a, a type of a maintenance treatment every three weeks. And then we were, yeah, you know, the, the count came down. So there's a cancer count when... Um, Cancer cells produce a specific protein in, in your body. And so there's a, there's a test that they do to see, is that, is that protein present uh, in your body? And so that count needs to be under 35. And so when we started off, hers was like, uh, it was a crazy amount. It was like 12, 13,000 around there. It was like really an insane, insane amount. So that came right down to about four. And... Um, in this year, we saw, because she was still getting treatment on the trial, and then we saw there was a slight rise in, in, that, in that count going up again. So it went up to 100, and it needs to be under 35. So in any case, she started off with um, chemotherapy again. On Friday, she did her last um, session, six, session six. We're trusting this will be her last one, because after this, she has to go for a, a PET scan, and then the oncologist will see if she maybe needs to do another two. Anyway... The reason I'm telling you this story is, because each of us here have maybe specific challenges that you go through in this life, and and through those challenges we are to walk by faith, and not shrink back. Because you know the Lord is the word is clear. He says that if anyone shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him, and so He doesn't guarantee us a carefree life in this world, and our faith. When we talk about faith in God, it's not faith to just say, Okay, God, please take the circumstances away from me. Or please make me happy and comfortable again. It's not just that. And he can do that, right? We've seen God do miracles. We've seen God bring breakthrough. We've seen God provide. We've seen all those things. And we've seen how God has carried us through this time. But that's not the point. The point is to aim our faith to God we say, God, you know everything. You hold our lives in your hands. And it doesn't matter what I go through in this life. I know that you reign eternally. And I don't know what, what maybe lies around the next bend. I don't know. Not one of us know, right, what lies around the next bend. But we do know the one who does. Amen? We know the one who does. And so we put our faith and our trust in the one who knows. It's a steadfast faith, knowing knowing that no matter what comes, our king is victorious. He has defeated the grave and is coming back to fetch us. And one day we will be with him eternally. Where all sickness and death and sin and shame and all of this is done with. This body, we've laid it off and we reign and rule with him. The next one I want to look at is the O. So O obedience. So Matthew chapter 17, verse 5. It says, He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. Now on this listen to Him, it's an instruction from God the Father that when Jesus speaks, we must listen. And Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. He also said, how can we call him Lord, Lord, but we don't do what he says. So we've got an instruction from our father in heaven to say, when my son speaks, you must listen and you must obey. Now, just one thing I want to highlight here in terms of obedience The greatest commandment, Jesus said, was to love the Lord or is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind and with all of your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. You see, all the other things in Scripture that we are told to do are rooted and grounded in God's love. It's rooted and grounded in God's love, love for God and love for others. And so one thing I really felt to just highlight and pause just a little bit for for us this morning, specifically for Durbanville Central, is in Colossians chapter 3. It's something that you've maybe heard again and again. Not something that's new, but something that I wanted to remind us this morning. It's Colossians 3.18. It says, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. And I'm really feeling that this is something, all of these points here, is something that the Lord is really wanting to put his finger on. Wives, submit to your husbands. Respect them. As is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. In Ephesians, it talks about as Christ loves the church and gave himself for her. Husbands are to love their wives, and to cherish them, and not to be harsh towards them. Children, obey your uh, your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Children are to obey their parents. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, Not by way of eye service, as people pleases, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. And whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So as a family, a couple of points here for Wives to submit and respect their husbands. Husbands to love their wives. Children to obey their parents. Fathers not to provoke their children, but to train them up and admonish them in the Lord. Love them. And then bondservants to obey. And we may all have bondservants, so masters in this life. People that are over us, in authority, even in the workplace. And it says that we are to obey those and work heartily, not just... With eye service, saying, okay, when you look and you see what I'm doing, okay, now I'll I'll try my best because I don't want to get into trouble. But I actually do it from the heart because who am I actually serving? It's not my manager or my boss. It's the Lord Christ I am serving. We need to be examples to people in the workplace. And to share just a quick story here on Friday, oh, man, I missed that mark a little bit. So we are busy with quite a, quite a big project. And there was one of my colleagues that actually made a mistake. He, he messed up on, on something. And um, I, wasn't, I wasn't honest with, with my boss about this mistake. I didn't say to him, listen, actually, this guy messed up. And it, it wasn't something like critical, something big. But still, I just felt when, when my boss was speaking to me and, you know, he was saying, yeah, so are you happy with this to send it off to the client? I didn't say, no, actually, you know. It's this small thing, but there is something that I'm not entirely happy about. And there's a little bit of history around that, but still, I didn't say anything. And after that, I was just like, oh, man, I missed that, you know, I missed that target. When he he asked me, I just said, you know what, yes, actually, there is something. There is something that, it's a small thing, but as as long as you're aware of it. And so, you know, I, I, I aimed, but my arrow went this way. You know, And sometimes that happens. Sometimes it happens. But the encouragement here this morning is for us to say, when we are in the workplace, remember who it is that you're actually serving for each of us. See commitment or devotion. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 3. It says, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray... From from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ, and here we see that um, Paul's main concern, or one of his main concerns for the church, was that they would, uh, of Corinth, was would, they would stray from the sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Now Jesus said, "No one can serve two masters. You either serve the one or the other. You love the one and you hate the other. No one can serve both God and." Money. That's the the um, this, uh, the what do you call it? Scripture. Um, thank you, Lee. Uh, scripture or the analogy he used. Thanks, Ants. Yo, you guys are a great team, eh? Yo, <laughs> yo, so teamwork. Uh, teamwork there. <laughs> Thanks. And so I want to say, yeah, that as the bride is devoted to her husband, we are to live a life that is devoted to us, Christ, because we are His bride. As His church, we are His bride, and we are to live a life that is devoted to Christ, to His church, and to His Word. Living a life devoted. We need to be devoted in spending time with Jesus, and growing in the Word and the knowledge of the Son of God. It's devotion. You know, like we were talking about a uh, um, you know, bride preparing for a wedding day, I mean, there's lots of hours and effort and, you know, late, late nights that go into that. And it, it shows devotion. And so as a church, we need to be devoted to Jesus, devoted to his word. We talked about uh, during this morning also about, um, you know, good works that the Lord has prepared for us. In Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In Christ, we are a new creation, the Bible says, right? The old has gone, the new has come. So we are new creations in Christ. And he hasn't just made us new creations so that we can just say, oh, thank you, Jesus, and just sit. (laughs) He's made us new creations to work. He says there's works that he's prepared for us to do beforehand. There's things that each one of us is assigned and be called, called to, be, to do. So there's works that God, Jesus himself, has prepared for us. In this, we should be committed, committed to serving the body of Christ and making disciples of all nations, as the Lord said, and teaching them to obey everything that he's commanded. And as each one of us does its share, we are a body, it brings forth growth in the body. So every single thing that we do, in terms of speaking about gifts this morning, Justin was speaking about those various gifts, there's various functions and roles that we perform in God's body. And as every single member of the body does its share, it brings forth growth and health and maturity in his body. And what is the purpose and the goal? What are we aiming for? Why do we do those things? It's to please him. It's to please him. To say, one day, Lord, I know that I'm going to be presented to you. I'm going to stand before you. We, as his body, as his bride, are going to come and say, here we are. So that he's pleased with us. When he looks at his bride, he says, that's my bride. That's my bride. Okay, second last one. Unstained, the you in focus. Unstained. 2 Peter 3.13. Says, but according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. Now, Jesus is coming back for a pure and spotless bride. He wants our wedding dresses to be pure white, holy, and un- unspotted, and unstained by the sin and things of this world. You know, and um, just as I was um, this morning, so I, I put this white shirt on <laughs> deliberately. I had another shirt, you know, with a, with a combi and stuff on there, t t-shirt. And uh, I actually saw this shirt, and it's the first time I'm actually wearing this. Got it hand, but anyway. It's the first time I'm wearing it, nice and white, no stains on it. I just thought, you know, um, the word says that man looks at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at our hearts. He looks inside of us. So he doesn't just look at the outward appearance as as we generally do. He looks at our hearts. But we can be reminded, you know, you think about a a bride's beautiful white dress with no stains and, and mud. You know, if there's, if there's a bit of mud lying there on the ground, you'll put something there so that the bride can walk across because you don't want any mud on that, on that dress, right? It's not okay for it to go and roll around in the mud. Do you guys agree? Okay. So, and so that white dress, that pure and spotless dress is what the Lord is looking for. When we are presented to Him as His bride, He wants us to say, stand in front of Him with a pure and spotless dress, which is, we are here, we are prepared for you, Lord. We are ready to meet our bridegroom. 2 Corinthians 7:1 it says, Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of the body and spirit, bring holiness to its completion in the fear of God. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, to save us from sin and the consequences thereof. He desires us to live pure and holy lives. And we are to take sin seriously, guys, and cleanse ourselves from those spots and blemishes. And we've got the Holy Spirit to help us. So there's a washing of the Word. There's a washing of the Holy Spirit. But we are are needing to let go of those things, sin and blemishes of this world. Jesus came to set us free and to destroy the works of the devil. And he doesn't want our wedding dress. To be full of spots and blemishes. He wants it to be pure white. All the filthy stains of sexual immorality, corruption, impurity, covetousness, filthy language out of our m- mouths, crude joking, slander, theft, lying, anger, malice, selfishness, pride, unfaithfulness, hatred, these are all spots and blemishes. On this beautiful dress. And we need to get those things washed out. Need to get those things washed out. So I don't know if we need like a, a spiritual Omo or I I don't know, Ariel. Which one? I don't know, the ladies. Which one's the best? Jik. <laughs> but we need those things to be washed out so that our dresses can be pure white before him. And just quickly, a last thing on this point, you know, part of this is to say, what are we aiming for again? And we need to set our minds on heavenly things. The Bible says that we shouldn't set our minds on the things of this earth. It's what should we focus on? It's on heavenly things. We need to set our minds on heavenly things. And then lastly, the S in focus is submitted, submission. And it's something I think, you know, um, we've been looking at over since last year, if I remember. We talked about the humility of God. Um, and, you know, it's a thing that God has really highlighted for us as a church throughout this year. And even this past week, looking at those sessions about leadership in church and, and how that's, that work, I just felt to, to highlight three things here quickly. And the first one is in James chapter 4, verse 7. It says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. So firstly, our lives need to be submitted to God. To say, Lord, I'm under you. I'm under your authority. I'm under your lordship. What you say, Lord, goes. I'm under your your authority. Secondly, uh, Hebrews 13 verse 17 it says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls, as those who will give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with groaning, for that would, not be, uh, would be of no advantage to you. So the Bible also tells us that we should note those who labor among us and hold them into high esteem. And we, we get it, guys. I mean, the thing is, you, you've seen um, the, the teaching from Andrew this past week. It's about it's about being servant leadership, but what we do need to realize is there are people that have been placed over us in authority in the Lord. You know, so in every person that is a leader is under authority as well. You know, so it's under the authority of other other leadership and under ultimately Jesus under His authority, and so we need to submit to one another. You know, in, in love, and know that why do we why do we need to carry um, an attitude and a heart of submission? Is because of our aim once again. What are we aiming towards? You know, the plan that we've got in terms of firstly, okay, submitting to God, then submitting to leaders is not a man-made plan, right? It's God's plan, and He ultimately put that in place for us to grow to mature in Christ, you know, to be looked after, to be cared for, because he cares for us. We are his bride. We are precious to him. That's why he's put leadership into place, is so that we can submit to them, say, this is where I can help you, this is where I can guide you, in terms of, so that you can aim correctly. What is your aim? So leaders are there to help us aim at the right goal. And then just the last point there is submitting to one another. You know, there are various times that we need to submit. We, we saw that um, wives are to submit to their husbands. But there's various times that we need to actually submit to one another. It could be a different role that you're playing. You know, um, for example, we've got um, Gavin and Esther here this morning. Thank you guys for joining. And they they um, lead Kids Church, um, Kids Ministry at at, um, Pinest, at the Pinest Venue. And so there's, there's, there's authority that's been uh, delegated to them. And so, when, when they say, listen, we need to make a decision here or there, even from, you know, an eldership perspective, we need to say, okay, God has put you in that position. Let's, let's submit and say, is this, is this the Lord? So, there needs to be a mutual submission, you know? So, is, is that clear? Is that okay, Anse? I mean, there's different roles. Ultimately, elders are there to put, you know, uh, put in place to, to, for governance, for direction, for discipline, for doctrine, um, but there needs to be this attitude of mutual submission to one another. I shouldn't be too proud to submit to somebody else. I should actually have a heart of saying I'm willing to, I'm willing to submit. And I think for us as a church, we will never move forward. We will never grow in Christ if we're not willing to submit. Because we see the, the, the other side of that is um, that the Lord says that I resist the proud, but I give grace to the humble. And when we submit, it's actually us humbling ourselves. Amen. In closing, I mentioned that we are being prepared as a bride to meet our bridegroom one day. And one day we will stand before him. And we should make it our aim to please him by our, by our faith, our obedience, our commitment or devotion... Being unstained or unspotted from this world and being submitted to the Lord, our leaders, and to one another. And our last scripture, I just want to leave you guys with, excuse me. 2 Corinthians 11.2 says, For I feel a divine jealousy for you, since I betrothed you to one husband, to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. And this was... You know, Paul's aim to say, this is my aim, is to present you as his bride, to present you as a pure virgin to the Lord. And that's what we are aiming at. He's saying one day we want to appear before him and be pleasing unto him. We want to hear those words that says, well done, my good and faithful servant, come into the joy of your Lord. Amen.